All right. This is the very first What the Flock podcast, co-hosted by yours truly, Jordan McDonald and... Brendan Plord. Look at this legend. <laughs> the, the peacock himself. Oh, yeah. What's that peacock sound you got? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that clipped. <laughs> Today is October 1st, 2022, and it is 1.14 in the afternoon. Today's topic, uh, Brendan came up with, I think we're looking at... 40 things to do or top 40 things to do before you're 40? Yeah, you know, there's a couple lists floating around out there that I saw. And a few of the items on this list look, you know, most people have probably done, but some of them seem kind of comical, like have eye surgery. I personally have perfect vision, so I don't know that I'll need eye surgery before I'm 40. And I don't think I'll elect to do that just because. <laughs> yeah, that, that does seem sort of strange. Why would that be on a top 40 list? Like I got eye surgery at the beginning of 2020, 2020 vision right in 2020. How perfect. Nice. But why would I, you know, arbitrarily pick to have lasers in my eyes, <laughs> like on a certain date? Like, yeah. You're like, hi. Uh, yeah. Mr. Eye doctor. I, uh, I would like LASIK, please. And they're like, um, is your vision bad? No, I, I would just like it. Well, well, why? It's on a list. It's on a list to do before you're 40. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you know, yeah, I got nothing better to do. Let's just schedule this. (laughs) My insurance will cover it. Right. Yeah, sir. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's an elective eye surgery procedure. It's not medically necessary. Yeah. I was going to say, right. That's no way that's covered by insurance. No, probably not. (laughs) But you know, some of these others on the list. Make new friends. I think by the time you're 40, you're about done with that. (laughs) You're like, I have my friends. I don't want new ones. You know, I was talking with somebody. I was up at a convention in Blackhawk just this last week as a a photographer. But, you know, I was mentioning it's as you get older or as soon as you get out of school, almost Mm -hmm. it's when everybody's there for a particular reason and you're there to make those new connections. As soon as you're beyond that, that age, it just seems much harder to make friends organically. Right. I think, I think there's like more skepticism. People have already identified their core friends. They're not exactly, you know, chomping at the bit. Yeah. Well, making new friends in your forties is just called networking. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just, I may need a new job later. Yeah. We're, we're going to be acquaintances, <laughs> friends. I'll like your LinkedIn post. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's objective. based, right? Yeah, exactly. But speaking of photography and your photography conference, one of the lists is learn photography. So I think you're doing pretty good on that list right there. Oh man, I guess I, I mean, there's always something more to learn, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, I think I always like to think of it as, you know, as soon as you stop learning, you're, you're starting to die, right? Like, Mm. You know, I ran into this guy uh, walking around my neighborhood where there's this it's about a mile pathway around my neighborhood. And this guy's like 89. I think his name's Bob. Uh, I've run into him a few times. He just had like some uh, very unique. He was the test candidate for um, for a Parkinson's treatment where they invasively opened his brain and did something. I don't remember the specifics, but he was, he was ranting and raving about it. His left arm was always shaking. And after the surgery, it was like, it completely disappeared. But one of the things, um, that he inspired me by other than (laughs) being so brave to do that was I mentioned to him once you, you know, once you stop learning, you start dying. And he said, oh yeah. And then he like rattled off at, at 89, like, you know, five things he's trying to learn this month. And I was like, dang, wow. Like, wow, that's impressive. So 
Yeah. So I think that point on that list is to keep learning. Yeah. Well, I mean, a couple of the uh, other items I'm seeing, take a cooking class. So if you're not good at cooking, you know, you learn how to cook. Um, Are you good at cooking? I'm pretty good at cooking. I do watch a lot of MasterChef. So, you know, (laughs) I could be Gordon Ramsay. I could yell at people and also cook, but I'm pretty picky. So I don't know that I'd want to be a chef. Interesting. Well, yeah. So you'd be picky with like your employees? No, my food. Like I already commit like the mortal sin for chefs is whenever I get anything, beef, steak, whatever, I want it well done, which I know all of the chefs now are all the people that are like, oh, it's got to be medium rare are turning over and raving at their, you know, whatever they're listening to this on being like, you can't, that's, that's a hockey puck. It's, it's ruined. And it's like, "Mm, (laughs) no, I don't want to ever know it was alive. Fair enough. And it's not a health reason. No, no, just... I think if you season the meat well, then, you know, that's about most of it. I don't want to like bite into a hamburger and have it ooze like fluid. (laughs) Okay. If I wanted a soup, I'd order a soup or you'd make the soup. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want my burger to leak. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's a great point. And speaking of leaking, right? You just had a baby. Oh God. All that thing does is leak. Out of its eyes, mouth, bottom, everywhere. It's just one leaky bag of, like, screams. <laughs> a leaky bag of screams. And you can't plug the holes, right? That'd be no. inhumane. I mean, you try with a pacifier, and that buys you about 30 minutes. And then you're like, oh, thank God, I can, I can go shower. <laughs> and, and on the other hand, like, as we just said a few minutes ago off mic, um, Right. The beginning of life and the end of life seems to be so similar. Right. There's a lot of leaking. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and and you need someone to take care of you constantly. Right. You got to have someone change your diaper, change your bandages. If you you know, that's what it needs to be. Feed you if you can't feed yourself. Wash you if you can't wash yourself. Move you around because you can't either walk or you're, you know, you're an infant and you don't have the ability to move at all. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of similarities there. So 40. That's like right in the middle, right? I was looking up statistics for life and um, I was looking up for my for my dad to calculate how much time we have left. He just turned 77 yesterday. Nice. And his average life expectancy, there's a lot of variables, mm. but the latest statistics say whatever. Uh, a man born when he was born living in this state should be expected to live 77.6 years okay. or 77.8 actually. Uh, so he's like, that's almost to the 80. And then the women, if he was a, a woman in that situation, they have like four years more. Yeah. As, well, as expected. you've seen all those memes of why men or why women live longer than men. And it's like two dudes standing on a ladder that's leaning over <laughs> a, like a door, like a stairwell. And it's not attached to anything. You're like, that's OSHA compliant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> so 40, 40 is right in the middle. Yeah. So, I, I guess I see now why 40 came up on this list because it, it that's the time for a midlife crisis almost perfectly. Right. Yeah. I think most people think midlife crisis is like your fifties. And then of course, you know, now there's like the whole quarter life crisis of all these, you know, youngins having like their <laughs> quarter life crisis in their twenties. And you're like, Oh honey, you haven't even <laughs> lived yet. You can't be freaking out about like, what am I doing with my life? And oh, life is meaningless. And oh. <laughs> Like, no, you're too young for that. Yes. This existentialism. I mean, I guess it's never too early, but yeah, they'll look back in many years and be like, wow, actually now I'm in a midlife crisis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think that, you know, your forties are where you really start to like figure it out. And, um, 
you know, people say you really learn a lot about yourself in your 40s and like the 40s are your best years. So I think for a lot of people, when they look at these lists, they're like, oh, I could go do that now because, you know, either their kids are grown and they're out of the house and they're starting to be empty nesters or they're like, I you know, want to change it up. I want to have that midlife crisis and go. I don't know. You want to have it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to travel to New York because maybe they've never left the state they're in. Maybe they're not a big traveler and that is the push they need. So absolutely. What else you got on, on that list? Anything uh, stand out to you that was kind of as wild as the eye thing? <laughs> I think one of them that's interesting is define your dream job. And I feel like that's something you do way before you're 40. Like, don't they ask you that in like first grade or something? They're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be a firefighter or an astronaut or whatever. And granted, that's probably not your dream job, but you start thinking about it way before you're 40. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not by your choice. Yeah. Or maybe by the prompt. But well, what was yours? Oh, think? man. Mine is so. Or what was it? What was it in kindergarten? It's, you think? Oh, in kindergarten? Oh, geez. I don't even remember. Probably like a veterinarian or something because really? I love animals. I grew up around animals like my parents had dogs always when we were growing up, like, you know, not just one or two, like three or four. <laughs> um, and, you know, my friends always joked like I was raised by dogs. Like every picture of you of me, you see when I was a baby, I'm with a dog or two. Like my mom tells this hilarious story where I was walking, running down the street naked with just rain boots on and two dogs. <laughs> and she's like, yep, that was you as a child. And I was like, oh, excellent. Now that I have my own, I can't wait for that moment to see him <laughs> running down the street with just rain boots on and a dog. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if I can. I don't recall. Right. But I, mm. I have to think. You know, at least in third grade, I can't think about kindergarten, but in third grade, there's some kid that got to go to space camp. Ooh. And I was like, oh, man, I want to be Kevin. That guy, yeah. that guy's got made. So I think I wanted to be an astronaut. Mm, but there you go. It's, um, you know, some things they say it's never too late. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, with, <laughs> with like the private sector, you know, trying to send people on space tourism, you could be an astronaut, except for <laughs> NASA changed the definition to make it a little what? bit harder. Yeah, you didn't hear about that? No, no. Yeah, because <laughs> after... Who was it like Jeff Bezos and all those other people went up and they claimed to be astronauts. Mm. NASA was like, mm, no, you got to go higher. You got to go into like <laughs> further out of the atmosphere. You guys aren't astronauts. You're just, you know, like, we don't know what you are. <laughs> Jeez. No, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. NASA actually changed the definition of astronauts after that because they were like, mm, no. Yeah, this is you're not the same. They were just sitting there. They yeah, didn't have like, to do any of the training. Have, yeah, right. You didn't have to go through the training and prep. You just sat in your little rocket yeah. and floated around for 10 seconds, like in a suit. Yeah, yeah. not the same. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, I think your dream job sort of evolves as you as you get older, because I know for the longest time and probably still I'd love to have been and still would love to be like a professional esports player. Like I love to compete. I've loved video games ever since I was, you know, sixth grade. I think, um, I can still remember like when the switch flipped and I was like, this, this is that thing. This is what I want to do. Um, or like, I'm really good at this and I enjoy it a lot was when I had a sleepover at my buddy Tyler's house when we were in sixth grade and his older brother had the original halo. And I was like, I've never played Halo. What is, what is a first person <laughs> shooter? What is an Xbox? You know, you play like PlayStation have Gran Turismo or something, or, you know, like the original need for speed. Um, and then I played Halo and I was like instantly good at it. And I was like, Oh, the <laughs> very next day 
I made my mom take us to Target, went and bought an Xbox and Halo. And I was, and then from then on, I've never looked back. You know, I just love that, like the competitiveness, like the fierceness and the passion that is in that industry. And I think a lot of people, you know, kind of like bat it to the side and they don't take it real seriously. And in the last, you know, 10 years or so, it's gained so much momentum. Oh yeah. And you know, for me, that's been like really satisfying to see, like, I knew that this day was coming. Um, so it, it feels really justified to be like, you know, all that time I spent doing that wasn't necessarily like a waste and it could have turned into something really incredible, but I, I've always felt like I've missed the boat by about five years. Like I was too early, you know, back in the day when I was, when I had like, you know, quote unquote, your shot to do it in your late teens, early twenties before you're like really committed to like, Oh, I have to get a job and just go to work and, you know, get a wife and a house and a kid. And, you know, you have all these responsibilities. Esports wasn't a thing like it was. There was MLG, but it was so small. Yeah. yeah. What's MLG? Major League Gaming. They do they still exist? I'm not sure if they still exist, but they were like the pioneers of it. Right. They'd host like they called them land tournaments where people would go to like a convention center. Oh yeah. Around the country. And they'd play on, you know, those old for all the kids out there, tube TVs where they're not flat screens and they have about a foot of extra TV behind them and they weigh 30 pounds. Oh yeah. Cathode ray tubes. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. And they'd have like 16 of them all on a table (laughs) with poor table. I know. Right. And then just Xbox and kids all playing on these tiny little, like probably 20 inch screens. Um, yeah, 1024, 768 resolution. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just in a room together. And then, you know, they'd have their tiny Sweating. little tournaments. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Cause it's not air conditioned. Cause they're like, yeah, we'll put you in the like tiny conference room. Cause we don't know what you are, but you're <laughs> <Yeah>. paying us. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that was like the biggest that the scene was back then. And now it's enormous. And there's like, you know, Twitch alone. I knew as soon as that got bought by Amazon for a billion dollars, I was like, well, there's no. Was that Amazon? I thought it was Microsoft. No, it was Amazon. Really? I got that totally wrong. Amazon Discord that bought? Microsoft that bought Discord? Maybe. Yeah. But but it was Amazon. Okay. Amazon bought Twitch.tv for $1 billion. And I'm sure they've made that back and then some because that is just a printing money machine. So. Absolutely. So so I I see this progression, right? mm -hmm. From. From uh, Raised by Wolves. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, wanting to be a veterinarian to, I don't think you were ahead of your time there. Mm, uh, no, because that's still very in demand and like you don't have to be a certain age to be a vet. You know, you could you go back. No, you could go back to school and do it anytime, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking, I think you have to be at least like 12, right? Or oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doogie Hauser vet. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, who's the sixth grader in here? And you're like, he's really smart. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point. Um, since we're trying to thematically stick to this 40 thing, uh, and is it too late? It's necessarily not too late to be an astronaut or, you know, however Mm -hmm. the new term is maybe a cosmonaut if it's uh, less expensive to, (laughs) to travel there and do it. But is it, do you think it's ever too late to, to be a professional gamer in terms of like reaction times, physiological things. No, I don't think so. I think, I think maybe you'll lose a little bit of reaction time, but I think the difference, and I think what a lot of people maybe miss like undervalue is the experience when you're 20, you know, you, you don't know how it's like, if you get thrust essentially into the spotlight and you sign like a million dollar contract like that, 
it was years ago, but that kid who won the like, I think it was Fortnite. He won like that huge tournament and he won like $2 million. You don't know what to do with $2 million when you're 14 years old or 16 years old, however old he was. So when you're, when you're a little bit older, you're a little bit more responsible, you know, um, you know how to handle like the pressure a little bit more and you're maybe not so susceptible and everyone's still susceptible to like online criticism. And, you know, if you have a bad performance, everyone's going to tear you down. So it's not that it's like not prevalent when you're older, but you might be able to handle it a little bit better because you've just been around longer, you know, yeah. and maybe, maybe you don't take some of that stuff so much to heart. You're, you just realize that like, Hey, I'm not going to make everyone happy all the time, but I'm going to just do me. And as long as you're happy with how you performed, that's all that should matter. Absolutely. So, and I think you, that's how you should look at it through any career, you know, as long as you're happy with how you performed, then it shouldn't matter, you know, what outside external voices are saying, keep doing you. So uh, to build upon that, you're absolutely right. And it's something it can be easy to think about that and, and it can be right. Theory and practice are totally separate. Mm -hmm. right? It can be a challenge to put those external voices at bay that the line that I've been saying recently is, uh, and, and this comes from my endeavors with philosophy and stoicism with a capital S, um, we can't control the outcomes, um, but we can't control our actions. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if we just focus on the actions, focus on doing something that brings us fulfillment and growth and joy, uh, and, and camaraderie, like here doing this podcast with you. Absolutely. Right. right? Like, I don't even know if we mentioned the name of the podcast at the, the beginning of this. You did. Did I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the flock, which the I'm sure all the listeners now are like, wow, this has... <laughs> Gone a thousand different directions. We started with things to do in your forties, elective eye surgery that is not needed, and now have ended on like essentially a small TED talk. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you summed it up right there. I, I think we're still trying to figure out exactly mm -hmm. what our our reason d'etre is to be right. Like, what 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 is our objective here? Yeah. Yeah. And part of it is right. What you said earlier, never stop learning. What we're trying to do is learn what works, what doesn't. And, you know, we'll hopefully entertain some people along the way and make people laugh. Cause that at the end of the day, I think that's both of our goal is to just provide some lighthearted entertainment for people and talk about stuff that maybe, you know, other people aren't talking about just our random thoughts and feelings on various topics. It, what a wonderful thing. And you said so well, and you know, I, I just want to, I guess we're kind of capping this up, which is, it's perfect timing. Uh, it's just so funny. You know, you think, you know, when I first thought, uh, we were sitting down, we were going to talk about 40 things to do before you, know, you turn 40. Yeah, I thought for sure we would make it to 40 items. You know, <laughs> I, I was, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, as I said to you off, off mic at the beginning, I was like, man, we need to sit down. We need to spend five, 10 minutes. Uh, and each of us write down 20 things because like, you know, we need to be prepared going to this. Like, I don't, I, I don't even know if we touched on more than two or three, maybe five. <laughs> I think we got five. We got five in. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk about the other 35 on episode two. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a long running segment and we'll just, for, by the 40th episode, we will have covered the 40 items. It's <laughs> a beautiful but yeah, I think on that, you know, we'll, we'll sort of wrap up episode one, see how, how, uh, what we can brainstorm up for episode two. Maybe we'll continue through the 40 list and find, yeah. you know, our next topic to, uh, start that off on. Like, 
I can already see on here, purge the baby gear. Oh, I'm ready to get rid of the baby gear. Let me tell you, I am ready for him to start walking. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Well, until next time, I suppose. Yes. Well, thank you for listening. This has been the first episode of What the Flock with your co-hosts, Brendan Plord and me, Jordan McDonald. Sorry, I guess you say your name. Oh, you nailed it, dude. Brendan Plord. (laughs) You got it. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yes, thank you. Talk to you guys later.